Blog Talk Radio. This is Franchise Today, brought to you by FRM Solutions, providers of the best-in-class software solutions for franchise relationship management. Franchise Today is your destination for weekly information, conversations, and interviews with accomplished industry leaders, all of whom share best practices for sustainable growth and sensible franchising. Here now, your host, Stan Friedman, to kick off this week's podcast with the Solink front of the house. Yes, this is Franchise Today, and I am Stan Friedman, and today is Wednesday, March 6, 2019, and I'm back from IFA and coming to you today from Chile, Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, we're under a frost warning all, all this week, but thankfully nothing falling from the sky, so it could be worse, and to our friends up to the north of us, um, hopefully you'll be digging out sooner than later. Hey, speaking of digging out, before we dig in to the front of the house today, which includes some IFA convention reflections and recaps, I want to thank again Craftworks Holdings President Mark Belanger, who was with us the week before last. Last week we had a, a rerun, an encore presentation while we were all at convention, but the week before Mark joined us, and I know I build that show as a conversation with Mark around his love for franchising, family, friends, cycling, and we never got to all of it, really. We were so involved in the franchise side of the conversation we truthfully neglected to touch on the rest. So I'm going to get Mark scheduled for a second round in the weeks ahead, and I'll keep you posted on that just as soon as he and I can get a date locked in. And with that said, it's time for the Soul Link Front of the House, where we take a quick look each week at some things that are making news or noise in franchising. So first, let me give a quick recap, if I could, about this past week in Las Vegas, uh, the IFA convention was an incredible event. In fact, the run-up to the convention, the pregame, if you will, the weekend events in and of themselves were almost worthy of a full-blown convention all by themselves. It kicked off with Franchising Gives Back, which has become an incredible uh, pre-convention event where IFA adopts uh, something or someone in the local community to uh, show and demonstrate how franchising can work to give back. And so many did, hundreds were, were working at a school out in Las Vegas um, trying to help uh, underprivileged people in, an, in, a, in a lower moderate income neighborhood uh, benefit from the collective energy of, of all of those who participated and uh, did their part in helping to give back in the name of franchising. Uh, the start of the annual convention on Saturday and Sunday also uh, featured numerous events for IFA members and leadership. Saturday marked the start of the foundation programs, and Sunday uh, included meetings for various IFA boards and committees. Official IFA business was the focus of Sunday's IFA Board of Directors meeting. IFA's Women Franchise Committee, Vet Fran Committee, Supplier Forum, Executive Committee, Marketing and Innovation, and Past Chairman's Councils all held their yearly IFA convention meetings. And mind you, these are meetings that are of volunteers. I mean, IFA, we all know the staff and we see them at these events, but the audience should know it that the heavy lifting that's done by the IFA is all done by members, by franchisors, franchisees, and suppliers who give of their time to help push this organization and its work forward to protect the brand of franchising. And, um, and for those of you who aren't IFA active, um, learn how. I mean, give Give me a call or send me an email if there's any way that you'd like to get more engaged in the IFA 
and the work that we as as volunteer leaders in the organization provide to moving that ball forward. And you don't know how. Um, it's a simple email to me, and I'll help you figure it out. Also, over the weekend, we saw um, CFE sessions where hundreds of CFEs take advantage of the ability to collect credits during the CFE sessions that are held on Saturday and Sunday prior to the actual opening of the convention. Topics this year that were covered included profit mastery, leading with excellence, the principles of franchising, Fran Guard, critical practices for leading a team, and Fran Together, how to create healthy franchise relationships. Leadership Conference kicked off as well over the weekend and sponsored by the IFA Women's Franchise Committee and um, also this year co-hosted by Key Bank, who, who actually bought lunch. The annual Leadership Conference drew top executives from franchise brands to hear all about how they can become better leaders in their businesses. The conference started with the presentation of the Crystal Compass Award given to a franchise executive that has displayed extraordinary leadership. This year's award recipient was Emma Dixon, CFE, President and CEO of Home Helpers Home Care. Offer my heart, heartiest congratulations to Emma. And of course, there was a keynote speaker, College Hunks Hauling Junk President Nick Friedman, no relation to yours truly, gave the keynote speech about establishing a world-class culture at your franchise. His presentation was followed by a, an on-the-spot panel that took questions from the audience, featuring multi-unit franchisee Mitch Cohen of Jersey Mike's, Turf Holdings Weed Man, COO Jennifer Lemke, and Annie Ann's President Heather Neary. The conference closed out with attendees working through a case study directly with more than 25 facilitators from leading franchise brands. The luminaries on that list and hit parade were too long for me to mention here, but I'll link up to it on the Franchise Today uh, Facebook page later today, and you can download it from there. Um, you know, I'm going to break ranks here, and, and as we've as I'm talking about convention, we haven't even got into the meat of the actual opening bell. These things that I just articulated were all things that were pre pregame. They were prior to the opening session of convention. But Ryan, I'm going to ask you, my good friend Ryan Hicks, who's accomplished podcaster in his own right and has been running the back of the house here on uh, franchising today first for these past many weeks. Key up your mic if you would, Ryan, because I'd like to get some feedback from you too about some of the things that we uh, participated in and saw at convention. And I'm going to go into the Monday portion of the program, but I'm going to ask you to raise your mic and say hi before I do. Stan, I'm here, and I actually want to make a little note, a little thumbnail, if you will, in the, the part that you spoke about on being active. And I'll just say for, for anybody that wasn't either wasn't able or wasn't in attendance at IFA, it's really about you, you get out of it what you put into it. And there, there's, you know, act, being active is, is critical and key. But you're right. There was a ton. There was a ton. It's like there was a convention before the convention. Um, exactly. Good, good, exactly. Good to come on so the program. I'm, I'm asking you to, to chime in here as well because I'm about to talk about the opening session on Monday, which featured Gary V, with whom you, my friend, we're able to corner for an interview and a podcast that you're going to be featuring and talking more about in the coming weeks. Just to give us a thumbnail about that, Ryan. Yeah, it was, it was a really good experience. So he actually, <clears throat> excuse me, he carved out 25 minutes to spend with us and actually had a couple of franchisors on with me. 
but he carved out 25 minutes and he spent almost 50. And the, the theme of the podcast was slightly different than the message that he had you know, during the keynote. So I think it was, it was really good, but it was all about relevant content. There was a lot about personal branding, but it was a really good experience. And I think the last thing that I would say, he was very, very, very well received at the keynote. And I think that two years ago, that might not have been the case. So I think that's just changing times. There's a lot of, it's just, uh, it's a fragmented world out there when it comes to hmm. marketing. And I think that his message was really accepted. Well, that's great. I mean, that's great perspective and appreciate sharing it with the audience. Monday also saw the State of the Association speech given by IFA CEO Robert Crisante, Next Gen's uh, Millennials and Franchising competition kicked off with its first round. The uh, IFA Hall of Fame award was given to Atlanta's own Steve Romanello, managing partner at Work Capital Entrepreneur of the Year Award went to David Long, co-founder and CEO of Orange Theory Fitness. And there's an award given this year called the Fans of the Year, which I was tickled to see who got that, because these are a, a married couple from North Carolina, Charles and Carolyn Thurston, who I met, I don't know, maybe a year or a year and a half, maybe two years ago. I met them at a Fagre Franchise Summit, and they were brand spanking new. They were just getting their arms around becoming new franchisors. And here they are in such a short period of time, uh, standing with Robert Crisante and being awarded IFA's Fans of the Year for the work that they've contributed to IFA's uh, FAN. And um, congratulations to Charles and Carolyn Thurston of Wisdom Senior Care for getting some uh, stage time this early in their IFA and franchising careers. So Ryan, let's break ranks completely, I guess, and just go throwing the format out the window today before I've even interviewed, before I've even introduced my guest that'll be interviewed today. Let's bring Shane Evans in for a minute because we were all at convention and we all see uh, IFA through the lenses of common denominators, but also from different perspectives as Shane is a franchisor, we're suppliers. Um, Shane, first of all, welcome to Franchise Today and and before I properly introduce you for today's interview, I just thought it would be a crime not to ask you to reflect a little bit on the convention as well. Hi there, and thanks for having me. Um, I love uh, the IFA convention. I think this was probably my 11th or 12th year. Um, we've been franchising for about 13 years now, and um, I have tried to attend every single year, and every single year it just gets better. Um, I, I love it because there are so many great great people just you know mixed of um, a mix of entrepreneurs you know founders of companies as well as hired guns that just have so much knowledge um, and are making such an impact um, uh, especially for you know for emerging brands I think there's just so much to learn there and um, you know everyone I come across that is looking to grow their brand. Um, you know whether it be or you know organically themselves through 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 you know capital partners or through franchising or what have you. I just really encourage to to go to the IFA because there's just so much there to gain. So this year was spectacular. Gary V was phenomenal. Um, I thought there was just so much energy there and heard just great feedback. Probably one of the best speakers, and I've seen I've seen a lot of great speakers there. 
um, from Colin Powell and uh, George Bush and uh, just Condoleezza Rice, like so many great speakers. But I thought Gary just brought a newfound energy to to the conference and, and to the IFA and, and is really relevant um, for now. Uh, I also got to join in on, on Ryan's podcast with Gary Vee, and that was a super um, amazing experience to just sit in with such a such a guru um, in today's, today's marketing time. So I was appreciative of that. Awesome. Great feedback and appreciate you sharing your perspective, Shane. Tuesday, uh, things were rounded out with the IFA Foundation awarding its top honors, the William Rosenberg Foundation Leadership Award to Mike Isaacson, owner of Insight to Execution, Mary Maids of Edgemont, Arkansas, and also a longtime franchisor for many, many years before becoming a franchisee. There was the Franchise 10X Super Session, and of course, then there were the Business Solution Roundtables, which everyone loves more than anything at IFA. That if you ask people what they love more than just the networking, it's the opportunity to participate in the Business Solution Roundtables. And then, of course, there was the Diversity Award given to Ursa Jackson Tuesday. Um, and just a few days, it, uh, it really did feel like two conventions back-to-back the weekend and then the Monday, Tuesday, and part of Wednesday with more roundtables rounding out the agenda on Wednesday morning before convention was officially closed. And so that was the sole link front of the house, a lot of recap on an awful lot. I'm going to post as much as I can in links to other things that were IFA-centric over the last week. And you can also find a great deal on IFA's own, uh, IFA's own Facebook page with lots and lots of pictures up there of all of the wonderful times that we had in Las Vegas. And there you have it. That's the front of the house brought to you by Solink, providers of some truly amazing loss prevention technology. In fact, Solink has done for loss prevention what Apple and Android did for cell phones. They've made point of sale and security camera systems smarter. Whether you operate a single unit or a multi-unit empire, or if you're the franchisor or an executive, of a retail or restaurant brand that's concerned with unit-level economics, please take my advice and learn more about Solink today. When deployed, Solink's technology captures instances of exceptional behavior at all of your sites. Solink records everything that goes on in the front and the back of the house, eliminating the need to review hours of tape to identify these exceptions. Solink's technology captures it all and provides reports that actually direct your attention to the specific video clips of those exceptional transactions. This gives you full visibility into every action and transaction at every site from any device and the ability to do so on demand, taking you right to the day's notable events. Whether these are unusual transactions or unauthorized activities, Solink utilizes your current point of sale and security camera systems actually providing you with added value from existing systems. That's right, there are no new cameras or hardware required for Solink to work for you. Catch up with them at the upcoming multi-unit conference in Vegas, or always, as always, find them online at www.solink.com. And so now for today's proper introduction of today's guest, it's my absolute pleasure to introduce you to someone I've grown to know pretty well over the years and who I'm proud to call a peer, and moreover, call her a friend. Shane Evans got her start in sales early in life at age 16, just about 20 minutes ago, right, Shane? When she was calling around, <laughs> when she was calling around to hotels, selling cheesecakes for her parents who operated a wholesale bakery business. 
By age 18, Shane was working for a national fitness company, selling gym memberships, and quickly moved into management, you know, supervising a staff of more than 30 people while learning accountability from some very demanding owners. Fast forward the tape, today Shane still believes in accountability, but in a very dramatically and, and drastically different form from her early years pitching cheesecakes or gym memberships. Today she's the president and chief operating officer of Massage Heights. So Shane, I always start my interviews with a reflection on the fact that franchising is not intentional, that most people don't endeavor to be or to study to become involved in franchising, but rather franchising finds us. So if you would, Let's start today's conversation by telling the audience how that happened for you and what led to the back of the napkin business plan that Wayne and you developed that has become Massage Heights. Okay. I, first, I've got to say, I can't believe you had to take it that far back to Cheesecakes at Six. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But you know what? That, that, um, that experience that I had with my parents being so entrepreneurial, I think, is ultimately what brought, uh, you know, what brought me here today. And all of those, all those life experiences, certainly when I look back, are what paved the way. Um, watching them you know, hold, hold multiple jobs and then have their own, uh, their own business and, and multiple businesses throughout the years and, um, and, and, and being in the sales business but doing it ethically, treating people right, um, um, they were they were you know just role models um, of of just what's right in in this world and how you should treat people and so I learned a lot a lot from them and uh, and then yes my experience working for a, a very large health and tennis corporation um, for for a number of years and and Wayne's too and uh, by the time he left uh, that company he had been there for 14 years and. And um, you know, was was just sort of the guy that would literally go in and and fix these clubs that were failing and and markets that were having a hard time. So we did some moving around, um, but we both you know learned a membership based business model through that experience and and health and wellness and gained that love for for health and wellness through those experiences and and. Again, all of those things, I think, lead up to what eventually became Massage Heights. And the idea of Massage Heights was really born out of um, a really bad experience that I had in Sedona, Arizona, with a national uh, hotel chain that had a spa. And I got taken late, cut short. It was really fluffy and not very therapeutic. I didn't get a benefit from it. There was no education in, uh, really in what it was that, that I, you know, I didn't know what to ask for. And so I certainly didn't get what I want wanted it was super expensive and um and i thought you know it, it would just be so cool if you could offer something that was affordable um that that would allow people to to receive the benefits of massage therapy more frequently my first experience with massage was really um due to an injury a reoccurring injury that i had that kind of started actually in the gym um, when I was, you know, working out and, and lost just my back just started hurting. I couldn't stand up, couldn't move. Um, and this would happen pretty frequently a number of times throughout the years. And I finally discovered massage therapy as, as a way to, uh, as a way to take care of it and to get better faster. So that's kind of where my love for massage therapy came. And then the business model experience really came out of the, the or the business model idea came out of a really bad experience that I had. And I thought, God, I would just 
love to be able to get this more often for myself, and I bet there's other people who, who would be able to do so. So we, we founded the business really with the mission to, to elevate the lives of, of people, and initially that was to elevate the lives of, of our customers, people who had um, stress and pain, um, needed, you know, needed to, a, a place to relax, um, but more so to be able to live their lives better um, and to really provide a mind-body experience that promoted well-being. And uh, in order to promote well-being, you've got to be able to provide something that, uh, that people can do on a regular basis, so, so value. So we opened the first Massage Heights up in April of 2004. We're getting ready to celebrate our 15th anniversary uh, as a company. And um, almost immediately we had – we had guests and members coming in from all over San Antonio saying, hey, when are you going to open another one of these? Are you going to open up one near my home? Uh, this, is, this is so beneficial to me. I wish you were more convenient. And then people started asking us about you know, the business model and how they, could get in, how they could invest. Could they open one themselves? And that was really how the idea of franchising uh, came about for us. Um, and I've got just a, a really quick story on that. You know, we, we didn't know anything about franchising. We just knew that we needed to expand our model pretty quickly. And so we started looking to expand um, by opening our second location. And we did that within nine months um, after the first one with, with the profits of the first. And um, when, when we started hearing about franchising, we didn't, any, we didn't know anything about the model and knew that we needed to find an attorney to be able to help us with that. And it was, I know where it was our going, good, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know where this is going. It was our good friend, Mike Drum, that, uh, that really ended up ultimately helping us with, with franchising. He, uh, he was, he was, he was a pretty young lawyer at the time. I was a pretty young entrepreneur at the time and, uh, we partnered up and, and he taught me really kind of everything, uh, I know today day and was really more than a lawyer, but just a friend and mentor and um, helped us make some really good business decisions in the beginning. So long answer to your, to your short question. No, it's a great answer. And in fact, it's not long enough. I want you to unpack it even further and talk about how this isn't just you and Wayne that you brought into this vision for this business, but your brothers, uh, you know, you've got two brothers, you've got your mom. Uh, Talk about this family endeavor, because this is taking a business uh, that's new to all of you and getting your whole family, which is something you grew up with, right? You grew up in the business of your parents, and they not only taught you the things about business, but obviously they taught you the value of family working together. So how did you get Glenn and and your brother Brett involved and, and your mom involved and all of them on board to stop doing whatever they were doing or to get excited about this? How did that look? Sure, and I should go back a little bit too because it, you know it wasn't just my parents that were entrepreneurial. I mean, it, it really started with my with my dad's parents. My dad was from a really small town in Wisconsin, and really small town, Pittsville, Wisconsin, is the name of it. There's a sign as you enter that says it's the exact center of the state, and it's population 800. And uh, they they owned the only grocery store, and then my grandfather was like the mayor, the chief of the fire department. I mean, he was he was everything. But they owned that little grocery store, and I think that's where my dad probably got you know his entrepreneurial spirit um, and and really coming from a fall, from a small town where you know everybody you've got to do right by people right and so I, I think that's where a lot of those values come from um, Wayne's dad also was was somewhat entrepreneurial actually really entrepreneurial he had a small little business he was a he was they were teachers administrators um, in uh, this in the schools outside of San Antonio and and uh, had a family of five kids a lot of boys to feed four out of the five were boys and 
um, he had a he had a little uh, a, a little business on the side of the road selling um, selling honey, if you will. He had bees and beehives, and um, and the the boys were you know always uh, they they had to help out with that business. So I think that you know Wayne had a little bit of that too. So just again, just that combination. Like, I, and I tell this story because I think there's a lot of people who have experiences like that. Um, and they don't necessarily realize that they've already learned some of those entrepreneurial skills along the way. And so if they're ever thinking about starting a business, that, uh, that maybe they should just take the plunge, which is what we did. But uh, getting back to your question about, you know, getting more family involved, my brother, Glenn, who is I'm, – I'm the oldest of three. Uh, Glenn is uh, about a year and a half behind, and then Brett's about five years behind that. And um, we, we, um, we, we all grew up in that. We all learned those skills from, from my mom and dad, and, and we all have that entrepreneurial spirit. And so when, when Wayne and I founded the company, not long after we started it, we opened that second location, and we needed some help. And Glenn actually saw our first-year financial performance for the first retreat, and he was like, this is unbelievable. I can't. I can't believe you're making that kind of money in this business. And if you're going to grow this thing, you need to systemize your standards. You need you need to op, you need operations manuals because whether you have, you know, two locations or three or five and you're opening them yourselves and you've got different different managers in those or you're franchising, you've got to have standards if you're going to grow a brand. And he he actually had more business experience than than we had. He he'd owned several other businesses prior and I really respected his opinion. So um, he came in about a year after we started the business and helped us sort of get those standards in place for that second location. And, um, and not long after, we brought him in to the, to the franchise side of the business when people started asking about franchising. Um, and uh, it was just a good partnership. The three of us, we, had, we all had you know, different, different skill sets that we brought to the table. And uh, the, I think just we, we worked really, really well together. As we grew, as the franchise company started growing, and, and we all served in different capacities from, you know, franchise development to operations and training and wearing all those different hats that you do in the beginning, um, we, we needed to add more people. But, you know, quite frankly, we weren't in the position to, to really pay a, a lot of people. And we had, we had these passionate family members that really wanted to help us. And so uh, we brought Brett in, my, my youngest brother, who, uh, who you know, just started kind of helping with anything and everything that, that we needed, as well as my mom. They were just both willing to do whatever it, was take, whatever it took to help us get the business off the ground and, and really help our franchisees um, better. So that's kind of how they came into the mix. And then eventually they really started playing some key parts in, in the organization. I want to talk before we go to the break. I want to talk a little bit more about the value proposition from the consumer's point of view and learn a little bit more about what it is you've built and how you continue to evolve and grow. And tell us about how Massage Heights treats the consumer to an experience unlike anything they'll find at any other local or franchised massage company. Sure. I think, you know, number one, it, it starts with people and values. And so, Massage Heights is very selective in the types of people that we bring into our franchise family, uh, and that really starts with obviously our executive team, but um, the the franchise partners that we bring on. They really have to be 
um, you know, val- they, ha- they have to align with our company values. But as one of my franchisees uh, calls himself, he calls himself a peoplepreneur. And I think that is, um, that's super critical. We are in the business of people. Most businesses are. But our people, meaning our massage therapists and skin therapists, are really the product that we're selling every day in order to sell the, the, the therapeutic well-being services that we do. Um, and so the, the, the people part of our business is super critical. It makes it, it makes it, a, it makes it simple because we don't have a lot of inventory. We don't have shrinkage, spoilage, all those things that you might see in the restaurant business. But we have, a, a, we have to have people that really take care of people. So it starts there. But the value proposition for our guests and members is really providing um, a professional, affordable, and convenient experience in an elevated environment. And we really do that by, um, I think, just you know, stepping up the overall experience, which starts with a complete sensory journey. Um, that elevates that overall experience for our guests and members each and every time that they come in. And I talk about sensory journey, meaning, you know, sound, scent, sight, touch, all of those things, um, you know, sound like before you even enter our retreats, there's this just beautiful, soothing music, and that continues as you come in. You walk in and you smell the aromatherapy, and we've got, you know, a signature scent that's lemongrass that that is in each of the locations. And so that, that sensory journey continues and that sensory journey then continues into the room where you get to customize the types of aromatherapy that, 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 um, that you get uh, based on, you know, what it is that you're trying to achieve that day from relaxation to energy to what have you. Um, we've got, the, you know, the site ambient lighting choices. So you can choose uh, the types of lighting that you want in the room and then touch could include, you know, everything from the, the thickest, most amazing massage tables and um, wool heated, you know, blankets and just um, amazing linens. So you, we're just we're just touching all of the senses throughout that experience, and it really does provide um, an elevated experience, a step up above anybody um, in in this space. So I think that's really, you know, the value proposition uh, is. Is it's it's that overall value that you get based on price, based on convenience, based on professionalism, and based on just really getting a spa-like experience at a very affordable price. I think you you can sum it all up by saying everyone else calls their massage studios a studio. You call it a retreat. I mean that word is just like vacation to me. It it, it goes to another place. Let's talk about who the primary consumer of your product is is there a is there, are there a number of demographics or do you pretty much cater to a soccer mom or who's the primary target for massage no, it's very very broad as a matter of fact we were very intentional in the beginning stages of the business um, and how we developed the overall um you know the, the the build out the experience that a guest has. We we did not want to alienate any particular customer. In the past, you know, it was really kind of salons and spas that offered massage treatments and body treatments. And I I think that it, at that time that uh, the male population might have felt a little alienated. Uh, but what we've been able to do is provide an environment where um, anybody feels very 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 comfortable in it. So our demographic mix is almost equal um, as far as uh, male to female guests and members, and it's a very broad range in age. So, you know, we're really trying to create um, – we're really trying to create habits at a pretty young age from high school athletes 
to to uh, you know to baby boomers that are that are you know trying to fight off medications and and things like that from injuries that they've you know incurred over the years and just general age. So it's very 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 broad, and I think that's 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 such a that's such a you know a great um, uh, a great you know asset to this business. It's not it's not very targeted, right? And there's still a lot of people that I think can um, enjoy the benefits of it that have never really received it. So we we still have a lot of educating to do. Um, many many people still think that massage is fluffy. They don't really understand that there is a, a great therapeutic benefit to it. It can help prolong your life. It can alleviate pain and stress and all those things. And so the education is there, and there is still a population of people that that we have, you know, that we need to get to. So. Um, it's it's really sort of a, a blue ocean. How does the business model work at the consumer level, Shane? Is it kind of like a gym? You you buy a membership where you subscribe for a period of time or a number of massages? How does that look? Yeah, uh, just uh, at its at its basic, um, it's you know it's a monthly fee and and that fee ranges a bit in each market, um, and it could be anywhere from fifty nine ninety nine a month to about. $89 or $99 a month, depending on the membership itself and the market. But generally speaking, for the membership fee, you get one massage per month. Uh, for that, you get additional massages or skin care at a discounted rate. Uh, and that discounted rate really is uh, what helps inspire our members to get more of those treatments so that they get the real therapeutic benefit to the membership. Uh, so you get one per month. You get uh, you get discounts on add-on services and additional treatments. And uh, again, the whole idea is really to make it convenient and affordable for you, so that you can get the therapeutic benefit of it. Shane, when we come back, we're going to dive into um, conversation about the franchise opportunity and who it is you're looking for and who should be looking for you. But first, we're going to take a quick break. Sounds good. Franchise Today. We'll be right back. But first, a word from our sponsor. And Franchise Today is produced and presented each week by FRM Solutions, providing best-in-class CRM and document management software designed specifically for franchising. FRM enables real-time business intelligence, communication, and collaboration between all members of the franchisor's team and their prospective and existing franchisees. This empowers your team to simply and seamlessly track, access, and manage all communications to and from prospective and existing franchisees, including texts. Legal and compliance is simplified, too, with FRM's document management, and even site visits can be digitally facilitated and scored with FRM. Make today the day you give FRM a look and assure that all your candidate and franchisee correspondence, including texts, are being permanently tracked and archived in candidate and franchisee records. FRM even provides state-of-the-art digital experiences for your prospective franchisees, replacing old-style virtual brochures. There are no long-term contracts required, multiple upgrades each year at no additional cost, no excuses, just solutions. Look for us online at frmsolutions.com. So Shane, we kind of covered how you got into this business. We covered how the business itself got started, and we've kind of touched on the early stages of franchising. Um, if we push the, the film forward, I mean, it's been about 14 years, I guess, plus minus since franchising began. And at the end of 2018, at least as reported by Entrepreneur Magazine, 
Uh, Massage Heights has got 131 U.S. locations, 13 outside the U.S. and three that are company-owned, looking a whole lot like about 135 retreats nationwide. Um, tell us a little bit about how that growth has happened and, and, and how steady-handed you guys have been and what you've learned along the way and what makes you a responsible franchisor, um, learning how to manage changes in, in the business and protect the culture as well as the brand. There's a whole lot there I want to talk about. Sure. Yeah, that's a lot. So, <clears throat> yes, we're celebrating our 15th year in April of this year, um, franchising for really uh, 12 uh, nationwide. And um, we certainly have learned along the way and, and learned, you know, some hard some hard stuff early on. Um, we, when we started franchising nationally in 2007, we originally uh, started franchising through kind of a, a you know regional developer model or sort of master franchisee model. Um, and then we did have a, a bit of it. We awarded quite a few territories in the beginning, and then we had a little bit of a slowdown in 2008 and nine with with sort of the financial crisis and you know banks weren't lending, nobody could get money and and all of that. Um, but we were able to really grow through that through that model. Um, and uh, you know, for for people that aren't familiar with it, uh, you know, area reps or regional de- developers take on you know a, a demographic uh, area, a big mar- you know could be a pretty big market, uh, and then their role is to develop out those territories, generally between a three or five year period, and and uh, you know help find potential franchisees, and then uh, and then support them as as they're opening, and give them that ongoing training and. And support, and I think you know we we have taken approach very early on. Uh, my very first IFA conference was in Orlando, um, and I think it's at the World Center, which I think is where where it is next year, if I remember correctly. And um, I remember Glenn and I, my brother Glenn and I, who's one of my partners, um, going to that conference and sitting in on a session of franchisees and franchisors who I, I didn't I didn't know any of them at the time, but I just remember the conversation about. Uh, this franchisee, franchisee saying, look, my franchisor really provides value when they come into my business. They don't come in, and, and, I, and, they, and they were saying they'd been part of other franchise concepts where they come in with a checklist, right? And it's just all about, you know, what does your store look like, and you're doing this, that, and the other thing wrong. And, uh, and, and, and then he talked about a franchisor who came in and really did Uh, provided a different level of business consulting for them. And I just remember thinking, that's what I want to be. I want to be the franchisor that provides value for my franchisees and, and helps them through a business consulting process. How do I do that? And um, and we sought out, you know, mentors and people that have had a, a lot of experience in franchising to really teach us about how to do that. Um, you know, how to you've, you've got to protect the brand and the brand standards standards and check, checklists are there are are important, of course, but it's really not about what I'm trying to find. Uh, in you doing wrong. It's really about what I'm trying to find to help you better improve the business. And it's not about what I think. It's about the guest and what the guest thinks. So if we bring those conversations back to the guest and the, you know, the, the guest ultimately decides how successful we're going to be or not, um, then those are the types of conversations we, we can have that are constructive and help our franchisees develop action plans around um, improving the business for that very reason. And so I think that, 
that has been something that you know we 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 didn't we didn't do as early on as I would have liked to because I didn't I didn't know about it I you know I didn't know how to do that we didn't know how to do that but over the years as we've as we've been able to really honestly access people in the IFA and CFE courses and all of those things that, that that you're able to partake of that pre-conference conference um, that's where we've learned those things we partnered up with. Uh, a really awesome, awesome guy who, who I, I'd say kind of taught me almost everything about it, other than Mike Drum uh, and, and Stan the Man here, you. I, there's, there's been so many people that I've learned from. Um, this particular person uh, just, just taught us so much about how, what it's like to be a good franchisor and how, how bringing your candidates through the pipeline the right way really matters because the right way develops the relationship right from the beginning that you're going to have for the term of that franchise agreement, which could be a, a very long time. We're, we're getting married. And so we need to make sure that, that, you know, that, that we've, we've vetted each other out and that the values are aligned. And we know in business that there's going to be hard times and that when we have those hard times that we're able to, to get through them in a constructive, uh, in a constructive way. Talk a little bit about the, um, the franchise charter values that you put in place and how important those are in the day-to-day. Yeah, you know, our our purpose at Massage Heights is to elevate the everyday. Um, and when we say that, it's, you know, it's not just a tagline. It's to elevate the people that we touch. And that is our guests and members, of course. It's our team members, which we've got about 5,000 of them across North America. Um, but our number one job here at the Massage Heights uh, corporate office is to elevate the lives of our franchisees. And so, you know, simply put, I, I tell everyone in our system that, um, you know, you don't need an operations manual to really know how to treat people. You don't need to resource an operations manual to figure out what to do about a particular problem. Um, you just you just think about how, how do I want to be treated, right? Do unto others as you would have done unto you. And so that's that's sort of the motto. Um, our, our, our values are uh, loyal, authentic, passionate, and diligent. You know, we're looking for really loyal people that, um, that uh, care for mind, body, and spirit in, in every single one of our relationships. They've got to be passionate. They've got to invest love and energy into everything that we do, from taking care of our guests to taking care of our business. And taking care of our franchisees, we've got to be diligent. We've got to, you know, uh, diligence is to, you know, execute uh, consistently to achieve the results that we want. And and I think we've also got to be authentic. That's one of our other values. That's living true to ourselves and and to to our values and and who we are. And so those are those we lead with those values. Uh, we hire through those values. We make changes through those values. And. And um, I think that in the line of business that we're in, where we are literally touching lives, no pun intended, we are helping people live their lives better, be the better versions of themselves, whether it be through getting therapeutic massage and skincare services or through owning their own business and living out their own entrepreneurial dreams, um, that, uh, that those values are, are super critical in doing so. And, and we have to live by them each and every day. I read in the Franchise Times story that was done on you, the interview back in 2017, a quote where you said, I used to think the culture was a fluff thing, but it's not. Yeah. It's everything. And literally, I hear you, I hear that, I hear that so clearly, Um, you know, I hear the words, but what I hear is your passion and your belief and your commitment. Let's talk about who it is that 
would make a great franchisee and what do they need to bring to the party and then what do you train them on that they once you know you've got the right person how do you go about that Shane Sure, sure. I do say it's everything, and I, and I say culture is as culture does, right? And so um, I think, you know, a part of the process that we use when we are uh, meeting with candidates um, for the first time at the corporate office, so they've already been vetted, you know, they're, they've qualified in all the different ways that they need to, but, you know, we bring them to San Antonio to really meet with our executive team, and, and we just sit down and, and have a meal together, and, you know, we ask questions and allow them to ask questions that help us identify really, you know, behaviors and, and how we would how we would behave and if, in fact, there, you know, there was anything that we, we needed to address, and so I think that's, you know, that's a really important thing, but I get back to peoplepreneurs. This is a people. This is a people business, and uh, and people really need to, to. They need to be people. People. They need to care about people. Um, we're obviously looking for people that have um, experience in sales, marketing, management. Those things are very, very helpful. Helpful. Um, but the most important aspect of um, of uh, for our operators is that they just really love people. They love helping people. They love growing people. Uh, they want to see their own people uh, successful and, and grow into leadership positions, that they lift people up, that they elevate lives. And uh, those are the th- that's the, the number one characteristic, really, that I'm looking for um, is, is passion for people. And with that said, so are you taking on, where in the beginning years you said you were doing area development are you taking on multi-unit or single-unit operators now? What model are you operating under in today's world? Yeah, we we are primarily we're, we're doing single uh, single units. Um, we do yes for the right person. We're we're certainly taking on multi-unit operators as well as as area reps, but. Uh, it, you know, those, the, the, the qualifications there uh, are, are different. I, I feel that you've got this, this, this model does very, very well with an owner-operator in place or a, a key management person that has come through the training at Massage Heights. So you want to be a multi-unit operator, and we certainly have uh, many operators that are. Uh, we also have many operators that have not just multi-unit experience, but multi-brand experience from the food space, other health and wellness concepts as well. But we've got to have a key operator in place that is working that you know that day-to-day business. So um, we look at all all uh, all candidates as far as uh, single multi-area, but but we are we are really diligent in in sort of our vetting process as to who we will allow to have those bigger territories. And we, um, I've heard the word elevate a couple of times in this conversation, uh, Shane. Let's talk a little bit about how your corporate model has been evolving and elevating and preparing to, um, to have the bandwidth to perhaps bring on more brands. Sure. You know, we've uh, we we kind of had to take a look at our, at our family business a few years ago and get a, a better grasp on. Um, you know, where we all fit. And so we've developed a uh, management company called Elevated Brands, and Elevated Brands is a shared services uh, management company that really helps 
proven businesses emerge into the franchise space. Um, and we do that by leveraging, you know, our experience in franchising as well as professional resources that, you know, emerging brands might not otherwise be able to afford. So Glenn Franson, uh, my partner and, and one of my brothers, uh, is the CEO of that company, and he's been helping uh, another emerging brand into, uh, into franchising. Um, we have uh, another company called Summit Franchise Supply, which is our distribution company. It's a supply chain. Uh, it, and that was set up really to help our franchisees get their stores open faster and more efficiently. And, uh, and uh, Brett Franson, who's my youngest brother, has oversight of that. And by the way, he and, he and Glenn owned a distribution company for many, many years before we started Massage Heights. So that's really right up his alley. Uh, my mother um, oversees our nonprofit organization, so we, we are a philanthropic organization. We have a 501c3 called Heights Family Fund, and the Heights Family Fund was set up to, um, to really help team members in need. So these are team members of our franchisees that are in crisis situations. We've been able to help a lot of people through that, uh, that philanthropic organization. And then Wayne, uh, my husband, he oversees the retreats that we own. And so we actually own four stores, uh, either by ourselves or with partners, and then we also have a joint venture in Austin. Uh, but Wayne over, has oversight of those. So by sort of, you know, by, by ensuring that each family member who is passionate about this business and many aspects of it had their place um, in which they're the most passionate and can be most effective at, we were able to then identify other seats that we needed where we could bring in uh, more experienced franchise professionals. So we've, we've been developing that team over the last few years. We've got Senior Vice President of Operations and Development, uh, Tim Hicks, who's been in the franchising space for 30 years and has, uh, has experience in health and wellness with some very big brands. Uh, we've elevated uh, Ashley Schutz, who's our VP of Marketing. She's been with us for seven years and uh, knows our brand very, very, very well. We've got, uh, we've got team members uh, that have been with us, Russell and Gio, and a, a number of people who've been with us for, for many, many years and uh, know the brand so well and, and have been able to help our franchisees be super successful and, and then, again, have brought in uh, m you know, multiple people and mainly operations support, uh, franchise business consultants and operations specialists. Um, that have, you know, again, a number of years in franchising and, and really get, get the numbers and know how, how to help franchisees be successful. So the business has really evolved from being, you know, family only, you know, kind of three of us and five of us um, to, you know, 22 or so people on our staff that, um, that bring many, many years of experience in, in, in various fields of, uh, of not just franchising, but, you know, all different verticals. Shane, is there anything that I have not asked you that you wished that I might have? Ah, you know, we're 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 developing throughout the country. I would say, you know, we've got a focus on uh, Dallas, Nashville, Miami, Atlanta, uh, Indianapolis, and Charlotte. But we're we're really looking for single and multi-unit operators almost throughout uh, most areas of the United States where we've got some units, and we want to backfill those markets just to be more efficient. Um, you know, and I think the other thing too is that, you know, I love, I love franchising. I absolutely love it. And, and what I love about it is that you, when I got into this business, I got into this business to help other people with pain and stress 
management and all those things. And I love that side of it. It's, it's so awesome to own a business that really can give back to the community and do so many wonderful things for, for people, not just em, employing people and giving great jobs, but to help people live their lives better through, through the services that we provide. But the thing that I love, love, love about what I do every day is the reward that I've had being an entrepreneur um, and, and being able to help so many people. Um, I, I want other people to experience the same. And so I'm super passionate about helping people live the American dream. And, and franchisees, that's, they come in because they've got a dream. And, yes, people want to make money and they come in and say, I want three or I want five of these or whatever it is. But they ultimately have a dream that they want to live that's bigger than that. And it's generally about spending more time with family or creating experiences for their loved ones or what have you. And, and uh, that's really what I'm most passionate about and, and what gets me up every single day. Um, so I guess that would be it. You know, I always say that second to money, the most important ingredient that a franchisor or a franchisee can possess is attitude, belief, commitment, and I sum all those three words up with one, passion. And you sure bring a ton of that to the conversation, Shane, and anyone who knows you knows that that's something you can't make up. Shane, tell the audience where you may be found. Are you going to be at the multi-unit conference, or are there places where people can run into you or members of the team in the next few weeks? Yeah, absolutely. As a matter of fact, we are going to be in Dallas this weekend at the Great American Franchise Expo. Uh, that's this uh, March 9th and 10th. We'll be in Charlotte uh, in mid-April, Atlanta in mid-May, Jacksonville in September, D.C. in October. That's all Great American Franchise Expo. Um, we'll be at the, at the multi-unit uh, franchise conference as well uh, at the end of this month. I love that conference. So much good information uh, for people who are already multi-unit uh, franchisees or want to be and so many great brands out there. And so um, I will be at that conference at the end of this month, and I would, I would love, uh, I would love to, to meet as many people as possible. Awesome. Shane, I can't thank you enough for spending some time with us today. And I don't know if this is the latest and greatest number that might be found in your FDD, but I'm going to share something that I read in the article that was done back in 2017 in Franchise Times. And, uh, you know, Wayne ended the conversation with a quote saying, a Massage Heights franchise averages 1.4 million in sales and costs 450000 to open. In my mind, I've got to say, hey, what's wrong with that? Shane, it's great <laughs> having you with us today. And I look forward to seeing you back out on the trail as you continue uh, to bring your business to new heights as the president and chief operating officer of Massage Heights. Thanks, my friend. Thank you, Stan. Hey, Ryan, why don't you come back in here and join me for a minute or two so we can round things out because we've got a couple of minutes left. And um, what a great story. I just love I love when franchisors have the kind of level of energy. I think that, you know, I've had one interview uh, with Josh York from Gym Guys who every time I see him says, have you met anybody yet that has a level of energy as high as mine? And I still have to say no. He's, he, Josh just caps it when it comes to that. But when it comes to passion, you know, you, if you don't remember the words, you can't help but remember how Shane Evans makes you feel. I mean, she's just filled with, with love for the business yeah. and love for franchising. I think you summed it up perfectly when you said passion. You, you said the ABCs. I forgot what they were, actually. But yeah, there you go. <laughs> the, the, the summary, <laughs> the summary was passion, and it, it comes yep. through for sure. 
say, Ryan, anything else you wanted to throw in and what's going on in your world? And um, you've got some things upcoming, and I know I think you're going to be participating in the unconference, aren't you? Yeah, I'll be participating in an unconference. It's a very, very good conference. If uh, there are any franchisors or franchisees out in the audience that have not heard of the conference or don't plan on attending, I would definitely take a look at that. Um, maybe we can post up a link. And then also, sure. one last thing, I'm a part of the, I'm a part of the Friend Pack, uh, which is the task force. Um, it, Friend Pack is basically the political action committee that helps franchise business owners um, basically through bipartisan um, Capitol Hill work. And so the, we would love to get more people involved. Um, it's really, really critical for franchising. It does a lot of really good work. And so if you can text FAN, that's F-A-N, to 52886, you can get more information. I'd urge folks listening to do that. That's FAN, F-A-N, to 52886. Well, happy to throw that plug in there, Ryan, and um, do our part to help the work that you do on the FAN and on the political well, action side of IFA Grow. And um proud, too, to tell you that I got asked to join the leadership circle, if you will. It's the leadership council of the IFA's Educational Foundation. Mike Isaacson uh, and I, who Mike now here is here in Atlanta. We're going to have him on in a week or two. And um, we'll probably need to do that in multiple episodes as well because Mike's got a lifetime of experience in and around franchising from every aspect of the business. And to have him on as a guest um, is going to be something the audience should look forward to. And I'm looking forward to seeing him now that we're both living in Atlanta. Ryan, I'm uh, going to see you in about three weeks. I yeah, guess, I at the can't. I, I, would love to, I, would, I would love to not gloss over that, by the way. What an honor for, for you to be asked to to do that, um, to participate in the educational foundation. That's a, that's a significant, a significant thing to be invited to. So what an honor. And I also want to thank you because I learned from you every week, obviously, but, but daily. And so I appreciate you and what an honor. Congratulations. Thank you, my friend. And I think that's going to be a wrap for this week. We'll be back next week at the same time. And until then, my name is Stan Friedman, wishing you the best the very best of all things franchising, as my good friend Paul Segreto said for so many years before this mic landed in my lap. Franchise Today is out. Franchise Today is a production of FRM Solutions, providing fast and class CRM tools to empower relationships with prospective and existing franchisees. No excuses, just solutions. Find them online at frmsolutions.com. Join Stan every Wednesday at noon Eastern for another live episode of Franchise Today. Or, as always, download episodes on demand at blogtalkradio.com or iTunes. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.